Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. When I was in college and in seminary, um, I worked uh, on campus in both places as a uh, College, uh, as a campus electrical crew, as part of the campus electrical crew. And uh, a few times, uh, I got called out on a, on a job where uh, somebody's computer wasn't working. And the problem was it just wasn't getting power. And so we would get there, and this happened maybe on, on a couple occasions. We'd get there, and we'd take a look at the computer, and we say, well, in order for it to work, you've got to plug it in first. Uh, maybe, maybe you felt that way before, you know, maybe you tried and tried and tried to get something to work and then all of a sudden you realize, well, it's not connected to the power source. Well, uh, Jesus tonight tells us about abiding in the vine. Um, he says he's the vine. Uh, the, in the Old Testament, we, we see many, many different places, and, and uh, Caleb read one of those places where um, Israel is compared to a vine, and God worked, and he, had, he did everything that he could do to, to make this vine productive. He, he dug the trench to put it in, he, he, he watered it, he pruned it, he did everything, and yet it still produced sour grapes. And Jesus comes on the scene and he says, I am the vine, the true vine. And he says, if you're going to be fruitful, you have to be connected to me. You've got to abide in me. You've got to abide in my love. You've got to abide in my words. To be fruitful, we have to be connected to the power source. So let's look at our text. It's very similar to what we looked at last week. Last week, Jesus promised that He was going to send the Holy Spirit. He would send another comforter who would be with us and He would enable us to be able to do the things that He called us to do. He'd enable us to be able to love Him and to keep His commands. Tonight, He uses this picture of the vine. So let's read John chapter 15. John chapter 15, beginning with verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. 
and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this the Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that you, your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have done, all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask uh, the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to see tonight. Father, I pray that you would be with me, give me strength, give me boldness and courage. Father, give me tenderness as I preach your word. Father, I pray that you would give me grace. Father, I pray that you would... Do exactly what you promised. You said your word would not return void. Lord, I pray and I trust that as we look into your word tonight, there are those who need to hear it. I pray that you would apply your words to our hearts. Comfort us where we need to be comforted. Give us strength. And courage through these words. In Jesus' name, amen. The big picture begins with the first verse. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. This is the, the image, the, the allegory, if you, so, if you want to use that term, of Jesus' picture here. He's, he's painting a picture with words about how He is that vine, the true vine. You had Israel in the Old Testament that was over and over called the vine, but yet how each time it's always in reference to his, its failure and how, how God had done everything that was necessary to make this vine flourish and yet it still produced sour grapes. It still... Um, didn't do what it was supposed to. 
the law in and of itself was never able to save. The old covenant was never able to save on its own. It always pointed forward to Jesus who would come and fulfill the Old Testament. Jesus here is again saying, I am. And we've seen other places here in the book of John how He said, I am the water of life. I am the bread of life. He who drinks from Me will never thirst again. He says, I am the door of the sheep. He says, I am the good shepherd. And here He says, I am the true vine. And He continues this metaphor by saying, and My Father is the vine dresser. You look back there to Isaiah chapter 5 that, that um, Caleb read from. My father's the vine dresser. He's the one who went and he planted that vineyard. He's the one who, but he says, I am the true vine. The one who was all pointing to from the very beginning. Jesus says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. There are two things here that that he says in extending this metaphor out of him being the vine and the Father being the vine dresser. Jesus says that people are branches. Um, It it troubles a lot of people that it, it says every branch in me that does not produce fruit. The question then is, can somebody be in Jesus and then be cut off and thrown away? I don't think that's the answer because there is so much here in John throughout the rest of the book that points to the fact that someone that, that Jesus will never let a go of His sheep. That, that all of His sheep will know His voice and they'll follow Him. Uh, I, I don't think we should make too much about this every branch in me, but maybe we can say that, that, that whenever he says every branch in me, he's talking about those who give the appearances of being in him. Like just a few chapters ago, Judas. We had Judas who had been with Jesus from the very beginning. He had even gone out with the other disciples whenever he, they were casting out demons and other things. He had been there in the upper room whenever Jesus said, the one who dips with me is going to betray me. Jesus has washed His feet. So maybe this branch that is in me is somebody who gives appearance but does not bear fruit. I think also of the, the uh, parable of the, the soils where you have the good soil, you have the rocky soil, and you have the, the thorny soil, and you have the path, right? And Jesus, the, the sower is the one sowing the Word. On the good soil, it grew up and it produced a good harvest. You had the path in which it fell on, the, the seeds fell on the path. And 
Satan came and he snatched it away before it was ever even able to grow. But on the, on the stony soil and on the thorny soil, both of them, there was something that grew up for a while. It made the appearances. But then when the sun beat down or when the, the weeds choked it out, they didn't bear fruit. We have the same kind of teaching in that parable that we see here. Jesus is saying, every branch that does not bear fruit, He takes away. But every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes that it may, be, that it may bear more fruit. Now, this pruning is not a negative thing. I mean, it doesn't feel good when we go through discipline, does it? But by pruning, he's not saying we're lopped off and we're not part of him anymore. No, he says every branch that is in me that bear, does bear fruit, he prunes. And what do we prune for? Why do we prune a, a, a bush or why do we prune a, a, a fruit tree or something so that it would branch out? and that it would bear, bear more fruit. The same purpose is here. And the same reason why God brings discipline into our lives. Not, not a, a corrective discipline maybe, but just any kind of suffering that we experience is a part of His pruning. It's a part of us making us and shaping us into the image of Jesus. Every branch in me that bears, does bear fruit, He prunes that it may bear more fruit. And then Jesus turns to His disciples and He says, already you are clean because of the Word that I have spoken to you. Now, we don't see this in English. But the word for prune and the word for clean in the Greek are basically, they're, they're what you call cognates. They're, they're, they're built off of the same root. You have uh, prune that's a verb, and you have clean that's an adjective, but they're basically the same word. So he turns from his disciple to his disciples after he says, every branch that is in me that be does bear fruit, he fr prunes, and then he says, you are already clean. Maybe we could think of this as saying, every branch that remains in, that, that, uh, every branch that does bear fruit, he cleans. He's knocking off all the dead stuff. And then he turns to his disciples and says, Every, uh, you already are clean because of the Word that I have spoken to you. If we're trusting in Jesus, if we're looking to Him in faith, if that is our hope, if we've been born again, if we've trusted in Him, Jesus says to us, you are already clean. You are, we, you know, we may look at our lives and think, how, Jesus, can you say that about me? But it's not on the basis of our own works. It's not on the basis of how good or bad we are. He says, you are already clean because of the Word that I have spoken to you. He cleanses us with His Word. He speaks to us, and we as His sheep, we respond. We hear His voice, and we follow Him. And Jesus says, abide in Me. He's, he tells the disciples, you're already clean. 
You've already been cleansed. You've already been pruned. And then he tells them, abide in me. He says what he has done, and then he tells them what they're to do. He gives them a command. So, if we're trusting in Jesus, He has saved us, He has changed us, He has made us a, a, a branch that's grafted into the vine. And our job then is we abide in Him. Well, how do we abide in Him? He's going to explain that a little bit more as we go. But He says, abide in Me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So the first point Jesus is making by saying that we are to abide in him is he's saying we have no power to be able to do anything apart from him. We have no ability or strength to be able to have bear any spiritual fruit unless we are connected to Him. We are to abide in Him. And He gives us a reason. The reason is, if we don't, we don't have any strength. We don't have any power. We keep going back to the vine. Connected. Abiding in Him. Then He says, I am the vine... And you are the branches. We've already kind of picked up on this, but he's spelling it out. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. He's continuing to explain the metaphor. Just like this vine, if, it's, if you chop off a branch, it's not going to grow anymore. He just he says this in the same way you got to stay connected to the vine. Jesus is the vine. Then Jesus says if anyone does not abide in me he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burn. That sounds a little bit scary. But I think we have good reason to believe that anyone who is a true believer will continue to abide in Him. We may go through seasons of our life when we may be further or closer to Him. We may be even go through periods of our lives that are, are in sin and rebellion. But a true believer, he will always hold on to and bring back. He'll always hold on to. He'll never let us go. I think this is more talking about someone in the first case, like Judas, one who gave appearances, but he had no real power. He wasn't connected to the vine. Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I think we get here a, a hint of what it means to abide in him. How do we abide in Jesus? It says, and my words abide in you. We've got to be in his word. We've got to be 
we got to have intake of His Word, just like Psalm 1 that Caleb preached from um, whenever he had his chance. In His law, He meditates day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by streams of water. That's what Psalm 1 says. The same image there, where you have this tree that's lush, it has good leaves, it it remains, it it keeps its fruit in its season, and its leaf doesn't ever wither because it's connected to the power source. It's right next to the water. In the same way, when we're abiding in the vine, we're meditating on His Word. I don't want to say this in in a kind of a legalistic sense to say, well, you just got to, you know, Spend more time in the Word and, and be like a taskmaster with a whip. But that's how we maintain our connection with Him. He holds on to us. He gives us those desires. He gives us a will to want to know Him more. Want to seek Him in His Word. Then Jesus says, By this my Father is glorified, so that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. How is the Father glorified? By our bearing fruit. Why did Jesus save us? It was for God's glory, but His purpose for us was so we would bear fruit. Just like when Paul is writing, he says, We were saved unto good works. He didn't save us just to sit, as the old preachers used to say, sit, soak, and sour. (laughs) Where you, you may have one experience with Jesus, go forward and pray a prayer, and then you just sit on the pew, and you soak it in, and you just sour. You're never putting it into practice. No, He called us to bear fruit. What we hear, we need to do to bear fruit, to obey His commands, and particularly to love one another. We'll get to that. Jesus says, By this the Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be My disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. How is it we abide in His love? Well, uh, we, we remember, we reflect on how He has loved us. When we, when we get into the Word, we think on that. We think, oh, Jesus loved us so much that He left heaven and came to earth. He suffered so much at the hand of wicked men just for me. And that ought to warm our hearts to think of the love of God that He went to such great lengths to save us. And also, when we abide in His love, we are reflecting Him in our own character as we love one another. He goes on into that in a moment. Jesus says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. 
just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. This has a connection just like we saw last week. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. He, he gives a comparison there just like I'd keep my Father's commands. This is part of what it is to bear fruit. To love Him. To love one another. And to do what He commands. Then Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. We need a reminder of that. A lot of times when we think about commandment keeping, we might think, ah, this is a burden. We might think, well, God's just a, a, a killjoy out there who wants to keep us from having fun. But why does Jesus tell us that we're to love Him and keep His commandments? It's for our joy. He says, it's that our joy may be full. He says, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. While we're connected to the vine, Jesus implants His joy into us and our joy is full. And what is it when we experience in life, when, when in, in the Christian life, when we do fall and when we do fail, it hampers our joy, doesn't it? We don't have the kind of joy that we would have when we are closely connected with Him. When we're following side by side. Jesus says, This is My commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. How did He love them? Then he spells it out. Verse 13, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Jesus commands us to love one another like that. Just like he did. Jesus, what did he do? He tells us he laid down his life for his friends. He went to the cross and he died for us. And whenever it says for us, that means in our place. He was our substitute. And Jesus says we are to love one another just as He has loved us. Now, we can't be somebody's substitute, but we can love each other the way Jesus did. We can serve one another the way Jesus bent down and He washed the feet of His disciples. Self-abasing love. Putting them first. Dying to His own will and desires And caring for the needs of His sheep. Jesus says, This is My commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. You know, some ask, you know, some, uh, many people will say, well, I can worship God out on the golf course. Or I can worship God out on my boat while I'm fishing. Well, you can... You can Feel the peace and tranquility of, of nature. And you can pray and you can praise. But there's one thing you can have a little difficulty with in obeying Jesus' commands, and it's right here. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. It's hard to love one another. And Jesus is talking to His disciples. Jesus is talking to believers. It's hard to love one another if we don't live our lives together. 
If we don't meet together regularly, the way we love one another is we do. We come together to worship together. And we don't leave it at that, but we try to be in each other's homes to care for one another when we're sick or when we're ill, when we, when we need each other. That's how we love one another just as He has loved us. Yeah, I can say, yeah, you can go out on the boat and worship God. You can go out on the golf course and worship God. But are you missing something in the loving one another area? And Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. There's been a a change that has taken place in Jesus. In the Old Testament, we we hear of Moses who was the servant of God. We have Isaiah who was the servant of God. But here... When Jesus comes, when He lays down His life for us, there's been a change. From the Old Covenant, God's people were His servants. And in the New Covenant, we now can be sons. And we now can be friends with God. There were very few people in the Old Testament that were called a friend of God. I believe Abraham was one. And I think uh, in another place, Moses was called one. But the term friend of God wasn't really very much in the Old Testament. But there is a big deal made out of the fact that in the New Covenant, believers, we can be friends with God. Then Jesus, He says, You did not choose Me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. This is a little tough. I chose you. You know, we we think about those first disciples. And we think about when they were called, when Jesus came upon a few fishermen, Peter and James. As they were fishing, Jesus just walks up and He says, come follow Me. He dropped everything and they followed Him. He sees a tax collector. Jesus just says, follow me. And this tax collector, Matthew or Levi, leaves everything and follows Jesus. Jesus particularly chose each one of His disciples. And one thing we have to remember, if if it depends on us, then we wouldn't have the security of our salvation. We wouldn't have the security because if it depends on us, we'd always be kind of wondering, well, was I really sincere? Was I really sincere whenever I prayed a prayer? Or if it depended on us in the beginning, 
that it would depend on us to keep in the faith. But Jesus here says, you didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. What I hear here is a great encouragement and a great source of security. It doesn't depend on me. Jesus saved me. He chose me. And if He chose me, He's going to cause me to bear fruit. Well, whenever I look at my life, I think, I'm no good. I can't do anything. I mess up at everything I try. But i got to remember, Jesus chose me and appointed me to bear fruit. And my fruit will abide. He promises that to those who are believers. He promises that He has chosen us and He's said we're going to produce fruit. If we're trusting in Him, we are going to produce fruit and our fruit will last. Those are comforting words. Finally, Jesus says, these things I command you that you should that you I'm sorry these things I command you so that you will love one another. He wraps it all up with what he's already said. His commandment is that we love one another. Now, let me give a little bit of a summary here. First off, Jesus is saying, "I am the vine and we are the branches." The point here is we've got to stay connected to the power source. We've got to stay connected to the vine in order to be able to bear any fruit. And how do we do that? We stay connected to His Word. We abide in His Word. And we abide in His love. I think that's maybe one of the importance of meeting together as believers. That's how we abide in His love. By loving one another as we meet together. I don't want to preach to the choir. You're here. <laughs> You're here. There are some who are watching on uh, the internet. And uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that they, they are. If you're watching, thanks. <laughs> well, you're missing out. By being a part of the body, by showing up here and just being able to love one another, care for one another, that's part of how we connect with Jesus. It's not all just information dump. It's not good enough to just listen to podcasts or sermons on the internet. You don't get love for one another there. You get that from being together and living life in a community with other believers. We need each other. That's part of how we stay connected. How we abide in His very love. We need other people to show God's love to us. And then in turn, we also need to bear fruit by showing that love to one another. Serving one another.
would be remiss if I, if I left this one part out as well. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. It, it, it can be easy to kind of just start to do the religious game. To, to show up. I was just making a point. Don't you want us to show up? Yes. <laughs> but just to show up and do all the things and go through the motions and then miss out on that vital connection with Jesus. How do we become in the vine? How do we become one of the branches? By trusting in Him. You've got to put your faith in Jesus. Trust in Him. He died for us. Believe that He died for us, that He rose again, and put all your trust in Him. Not your works, not in your church attendance, not because Grandma was praying for you, but trust in Him alone, in His finished work on the cross, in His blood that was shed for you. It's how we are connected to the vine. By looking to Him, trusting in Him. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.